Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Right past here. Okay, show me the next one. Here's another view of it. Um, yeah, so so you can see all of that's gone. You're looking at the front of the stage. See that ladder down there in the middle of all that? Um, here in a minute, I'm going to talk about the person that you can't see now that was laying right in there. Uh, show me the third one. The third one. Okay, is that the third one? Show me the third one. There's the third one. Just give you a close-up. Okay, so um, I'm not going to tell you who did this. Um, but his name starts with an Ann, and it ends in a Drew, all right? Uh, uh, Pastor Andrew has been grounded for life, literally. Uh, th- here's the scenario. We're trying to adjust that projector right there. Uh, Pastor Andrew is up on the ladder, the top of this ladder, working on it. There's something we need, so I walk back into this room, and all of a sudden, I hear this big Boom! And I come run. I say, Andrew, from back there, and there's very little answer. And so I run in here, and the scene that you saw is here. All the ceiling tiles are gone, and under all the debris is Pastor Andrew. So I start uh, literally digging him out. And when I dig him out, there's blood. I've got another picture I'm not even going to show you because some of y'all want to eat lunch today. Um, you think this scar on his face is street cred for his rap career, but the truth is, is it's that vent right there fell and hit him right here across the face and split him wide open. And little old me trying to deal with big old him, he dislocated his shoulders severely. And so I'm, I'm like trying to get him up to get him to my car to take, run him to the emergency room. So that's what happened. Um, and uh, he has been grounded for life. I did not tell you that I'm not the only one that's grounded him for life. His wife has grounded him for life as well because it was seven days before their wedding. And so he had this huge cut on his face and he's wearing a sling all like this. And, and so I'm just telling you, it's a blessing that God made Drew as, high, as tall as he is because if he wasn't, he'd never be able to reach anything because he's not even allowed to look at a ladder. Um, in fact, today he will advert, advert his attention that direction because uh, he would get in trouble. So um, he can't even look at a ladder longingly, like it's over. His days on a ladder are done. And so out of that experience, I started uh, thinking about the fact that there are some ladder lessons that we need to learn in order to take advantage of its ability to take us higher. How all this started, not all that, we know how all that started, how all this, this thought process started was I was driving down the road about three or four months ago, and on the radio, someone mentioned and quoted a passage of scripture that I want to draw your attention to just briefly this morning, and then I want to talk to you about it. It's out of the Psalms, Psalm chapter 63, verse 8. Listen very carefully to what David says. He says, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Another version says it like this. My soul clings to you. Your right hand takes hold of me. Another version says it like this. My soul clings hard to you. Your right hand upholds me. 
So if you would allow me to do this, I would like to just take a few seconds um, before we dig deep into this passage of Scripture. And I think there's something that we have to come to a conclusion about these ladders, this ladder in particular. Uh, Jointly, we need to come to the conclusion before we can ever examine what David was talking about. You and I have to come to this conclusion. This ladder has the ability, the capacity to hold me. So even, even, I, even if I weighed twice what I weigh right now, the truth is, is that this ladder has the ability and the capacity and has, has the, the necessary elements in it. It's built, it's designed to hold me, right? The fact is, I could go to any one of you right now in this congregation. I started to ask Pastor Andrew to illustrate for us, but remember, he's grounded. So, so I, if we went row by row, I, I, chair by chair, and I called each and every one up of you up here, the, the truth is, is that we could also conclude not only is this ladder have the capacity to hold me and the ability to hold me, it also, any one of you could climb this ladder and it would hold you. Are we in agreement? Okay, good, because I didn't want to even go any higher to, to get you to agree with me, all right? Because I've seen what happens, all right? So, 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 so the ladder is qualified, right? The, the ladder is able. The ladder is strong enough. And even though Drew fell, the truth is, is that the, the ladder had the ability to hold Drew. There were some other issues that we'll talk about later that caused him to fall. Uh, one of them being his gargantuan feet. All right, so anyway, the, the ladder is secure enough. The ladder's ability to do what it's supposed to do, what it was designed to do, what it was, has been advertised to do is unquestioned, right? So David, in this psalm, is in a wilderness moment in his life. He pins this psalm, and in verse 8, he declares that like this ladder, that God is capable of holding us. There's no question. There's no no suspicion that God may not be able to hold us, to, to, to keep us where we need to be. There's no question. In fact, he declares that God's hand is holding him securely. You need to understand the moment in his life. The Bible, if if you read, uh, if you're reading a a printed Bible above that psalm, it says that David wrote this psalm in the wilderness. So there's question about why he's in the wilderness. Some people believe that that David is is in the middle of hiding and and he's on the run from Saul. Those of you that went to went to Israel with us, let your mind begin to run back to that trip where you're in in around Masada, and he's writing about the fact that God is able to hold him. He's right in a wilderness moment. So so some say he was running from Saul. Others say that this is a wilderness moment when he's running from his rebellious and his treacherous son, Absalom. David has risen to power as king now, but his own son tries to set up a coup, a coup, a coup, a coup, a coup, a coup. That's the word, a coup, a coup, a coup. Uh, uh, he, He tries to overthrow him. He tries to unseat him. And so now David leaves with his head ducked down in shame and embarrassment and, and, and upset at the fact that his own son wants him killed and he runs back to the wilderness. I don't know which of the two it is. All I know is that David
David is in the middle of the wilderness of his life and David concludes that God's hand is not short and his arm is not weak and that God is holding him securely. So David is literally saying this, the ground all around me may shake. People that I thought that were with me were actually against me. He's saying even though, even though that, that, that I, I'm not in the most favorable moment of my life, even though I'm not enjoying this moment of my life, he makes this conclusion. God is able to securely hold me in this season of my life. And I just came by to tell somebody this morning the first ladder lesson. And the first ladder lesson is this, the ladder will hold you. Moses learned this lesson as well. When he was rejected by everyone else, God held him. When his own family members talked bad about him, God backed him up. Uh, Y'all aren't helping me this morning. When his own securities were about to hijack his destiny, God steps in and holds him by sending him help. We, we know that Noah learned this lesson. Noah learned that although everybody else will doubt you, God will flood you with support. Job learned that when everything else has toppled and been laid to ruin, God will still there be there sustaining you in the middle of the worst season of your life. Joseph learned that even when others are plotting your death, God is plotting your promotion. He will securely hold you. Gideon learned that when you're outnumbered, and you're outgunned, don't worry even for one moment because God is working behind the scenes and those that were intended to destroy you, God is giving them to you on a platter. That's how our God works. Our God has the ability to hold us, to sustain us. To, he has the capacity necessary to keep us where we need to be and to secure us. But in the New Testament, the disciples learned that when you can't even see Jesus, you can still trust Jesus. Paul learned that when you have a, a weakness that and a, what he called a thorn in the flesh, that his grace is sufficient. It, his grace, the, the, the ladder of grace has the capacity and the ability to hold you securely. So David was right. Unquestionably the ladder that we call God can hold us. That's why the Bible declares this. He's a very present help in the time of need. Hasn't he proven faithful to those of you in this room? Hasn't he proven his ability and capabilities to you in this room? Hasn't he, in the middle of your brokenness, held you up? Hasn't he come through right in the middle of your own tragic moment of life? You discover that God is there, and God is able, and God will sustain you. Haven't you discovered that in your sickness he's healed you? God has been there through every unexpected turn, every unwanted experience, every unplanned twist and gut-wrenching moment, stomach-churning moment. God God is capable and able to sustain you. And like David, I can testify about the latter this morning. He is able to hold me strongly. He's faithful to uphold us securely with the strength of his right hand. Not only can he hold us, he will hold us. I'm thankful this morning that God not only can, but he will. Anybody else thankful that not only can he, 
he will. That's why I can say it like this. I'm thankful that God is good because if God wasn't good, we would be in trouble. Because if God wasn't good, we would be in trouble. But being good's not enough. I'm thankful this morning that this ladder's not only good, he's great. But if he was just great and he wasn't good, that wasn't enough either because if he's just great and he doesn't care for us, then he'd never step in and rescue us. But this morning, I came to testify to somebody that not only is God good, he's great. And not only is God great, he's good. So now I've learned the latter lesson. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. Doesn't matter what I'm facing. Doesn't matter what's coming against me. Doesn't matter. All other ground may be sinking sand, but this ladder will hold me. This ladder will sustain me. So in this case, in this case, We've got to recognize, we've got to conclude. You must conclude with me. If you don't come to this conclusion, nothing else I'm going to say in this series matters. You've got to come to this conclusion. The ladder will hold us. If you haven't tried him, you ought to try him. You've tried everything else. You've tried everybody else. You've tried every other solution. You've, you've, tried to, you've tried to find your own way out, fight your own way out, hold your own self up, and you've fallen on your face and some other areas of your body over and over and over again simply because you haven't trusted him. You can trust him. Come on, touch your neighbor so you can trust him. You can trust him. You can trust him. So if the case is that the ladder can hold us, then, then there's another, another ladder lesson that we must be able to learn. And it may even be more important than the first one because David teaches us this lesson when he starts his psalm by saying this. He says, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. You missed it. Ladder lesson number two is this. I must cling to be clung. <laughs> okay, so, so notice that David doesn't question God's ability to hold us. But David does stop and indicate in the very first statement and informs us that we have a part to play in this. So, so, so we, we, we loudly, some of y'all got loud with me. You, you, we loudly, you ought to be loud, you got an extra hour of sleep. We, we loudly and proudly ascribe the ability to hold to, to hold on us, uh, hold on to us to God. We, we say all day long, he's able, he's capable. We'll shout about it. We get excited about the fact that God can hold us. But, but I wonder if we don't need to stop just a moment and address the fact that we have a role to play. We, we have a responsibility to hold on to him. So, so here's the truth. Here's the truth about our ladder. I proved it. It'll hold me. There's no doubt. It'll hold me. Even if it starts to shake, as long as I trust it, it's got the ability. So now then, if, 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 if something goes wrong and I fall, it wasn't the latter's fault. <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me now. I'm not going to illustrate, all right? Uh, <laughs> But, but if we conclude that the ladder has the ability, I, I hate it that Pastor Drew fell. It was a bad day. But can I tell you the truth? It wasn't the ladder's fault. He knows it. Right? It was, it, it's the fact that he wasn't holding on. 
Okay, so I guess I am going to have to illustrate for you. So, so the ladder will hold me, but, but if I'm not holding on, then when I fall, I can't look at the ladder and say, you let me go. You didn't come through. You didn't do what you said you would do. David is saying this, the reason this works is in all of his ability and all of his capabilities and all of his unquestioned strength to hold on to us, I have a part to play. I must cling to be clung. So, so, so I wonder if we really cling to him as if our life depends on it. I've watched... Pastor Drew climbed a ladder since then, unbeknownst to Jess. <clears throat> Not very often, maybe once, twice. And I've seen him climb differently than he climbed before. He clean, he's like, every body part he can get is... <laughs> he, he, it's like his life depends... See, I mentioned Job to you. I, I was thinking about Job. I, I was thinking about the fact that uh, Job had everything ripped away. If you don't know the story of Job, you ought to go back and read it. I won't take time this morning, but let me just summarize for you and tell you that Job loses his houses. Uh, he's wealthy beyond imagination. He loses his house. He, he loses his, uh, his flocks. He loses his family. All of his sons and daughters are struck dead. <clears throat> he loses his comfort. He loses his, his security. He loses his health. And in the end, when it's all said and done, when he's lost everything, do you remember what Job said? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So, so Job comes to this conclusion. I, everything's fallen all around me, but, but here's what hasn't changed. The ladder still has the capacity to hold me. I can still trust God. Even when everything else is going wrong, I can still trust God. So when everything else is falling around me, I still trust the ladder. But, 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 but everything's going wrong. Life isn't turning out like I wanted it to turn out. I've lost my health, I've lost my wealth, I've lost my family. Can, can, can we just stop for a second? Can I tell you that uh, if you don't know the story, the enemy of our soul, the devil, approaches God and asks permission. <clears throat> he can't get to you unless God lets him. Yeah. Don't just think that God put a hedge of protection around Job only. God's no respecter of person. There's a hedge of protection around you too. The reason the enemy couldn't get to Job was God was protecting Job. Right, And so the enemy approaches God and says, let me at him. And God says, okay. And then Job loses his wealth, right? He loses everything. So, so can I just tell you this morning that the devil wasn't really after Job's animals. Devil don't need no cows. The devil wasn't after Job's house. Devil don't need no condo, Right? I can even conclude this. Devil wasn't really after his kids. He wasn't after his health. Can I tell you what the, the, the enemy of Job and, and our enemy was after? He was after Job's commitment. Okay. 
He wanted to get Job to turn his back on God. In other words, the enemy wasn't trying to break God's hold on Job. He was trying to break Job's hold on God. Mm. And can I tell you the truth this morning? I need to tell you that your commitment is reflected and revealed in your cling. Too many of us are living our life ascribing to God the fact that he has the ability to hold us. That he has the capacity. He has the necessary strength. He has the necessary structure. He has all of the ability in the universe to hold us. And yet, when we start climbing, we start living our life like we want to live it. And we don't really cling to God. We cling to everything else. And then when we, then when we fall, we want to look at the ladder and blame the ladder and say, you didn't hold on to me. When the reality is, is our commitment level was revealed and we weren't really clinging to God like he was clinging to us. And so although he has the capacity and the ability, sometimes he'll let you fall to prove to you that you weren't holding on to him as tight as he was holding on to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We must cling to be clung. What are you holding on to? And may I admonish you that whatever you're holding on to better have the ability to hold on to you. My, my, my question to you this morning is simply this, is, is are you clinging to, to God or are you clinging to other things that don't have the ability, the capacity necessary to hold on to you when things shake? Because a lot of us in this room base our peace and our joy and our, and our, and our comfort and our assurance and our, our, our confidence in stuff like people. And all I know is I've learned that people won't always uphold you. And I've learned that some of us put all of our trust and all of our hope in places like if I have a big enough house, then then. I will be satisfied and happy and then we get in the house and we have to make the payments and they start warning us that if we don't make the payments, they're gonna come take it away from us and all of a sudden we look at the ladder and go, why didn't you hold me? And all of our trust was not placed in God, it was placed in that structure we call home. Some of us have placed all of our, our, our faith and all of our trust in our pension. Material goods, possessions, and I just came to tell somebody this morning that none of that stuff has the capacity or the ability to securely hold you. It's all a sham. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. Because the truth is, is some of you have discovered if you lose it all and your faith and your joy and your peace and your hope was based in all of that, when all of that is gone, then you lay covered up by debris, broken and shattered. And you want to point your finger at the ladder and say, you let me down. And the truth is this morning is he will never let you down. We've already concluded that ladder lesson number one was that he can hold us. 
So if he has the capacity and the ability to hold us, then the truth is, is that if we fall, it's not the latter's fault. And so this morning, I, I'm held because I hold. There is a holding that we must do. I'm trying to challenge you this morning that all the holding is not done by him alone. I'm trying to teach you this morning that not all, that a holding is a two-way street. His capacity is unquestioned. He will hold us securely, but we must hold on to him. Some of us want to be held, but we, not, we, we, we never hold. Some of us fall not because the ladder wasn't strong enough to hold us, but simply because we weren't holding onto the ladder strong enough. So I'm challenging you carefully. Listen to what I'm getting ready to say. I am challenging you to check your hold on so that you don't have to check your held on. I think you missed it. I'm challenging you this morning to check your hold on so you don't have to worry about your held on. Can I just ask you a question this morning? Could the strength of our hold be determined? Could, it, could the strength of our hold determine the strength of his hold? Because our cling reveals our commitment. And some of us are clinging to the ladder when everything is perfect and when all my bills are paid and when my car starts every time I want it to start, man, I'm thankful for the ladder. And when my kids are acting right and my cat's obeying and my bank account is full and my boss likes me and, and I'm getting promoted at work and man, this ladder thing is really good. But can I challenge you this morning? What happens when there's sickness and distress, and tragedy, and brokenness. The only way that the ladder still has the capacity, the ability, his, it's unquiet. the only way this still works is I got to cling on to him like my life depends on it. I cannot let go. That's why this morning I just came to declare that as for me and my house, we will trust the Lord. What does that mean? That means I will cling to him when everything else falls apart. I just came to, to encourage somebody to declare with me that others can put their trust in chariots and in men, but I will put all of my trust in the Lord. That's why I have made up my mind that I will trust the Lord with all of my understanding and I will not lean on my own understanding. I will cling to him knowing that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his ways are higher than my ways and when everything else falls I will cling to him like my life depends on it because it does it does that's why I can declare like the songwriter once said when all other ground is sinking stand all other ground is sinking stand on Christ the solid rock I'll stand listen to the verses I will trust in you and only you his oath his covenant his blood you support me in the whelming flood when all around me my soul gives way he then is my hope and stay when darkness veils his lovely face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand and I just came to Passion Church to challenge some of you that it's time for you to check your cling. How clingy are you?
Y'all met somebody that's kind of clingy? Man, they clingy. I don't want them clinging all over me. They clingy. I need my space. I'm just wanting to challenge you this morning that we must become so clingy towards our ladder that like David, we say, I will cling to you. My I recognize you have the ability to hold me, but I know my life depends on my willingness and determination to cling to you. And I think maybe the enemy of our soul is working on some of you over time. And he's not trying to get God to let go of you. He's been working on you to get you to let go of God. I think it'd be better if I'd run back to my drugs. I think it'd be better if I'd run back to my alcohol. I think it'd be better if I ran back to that relationship. I think it'd be better if I run back to that support group, that friend group that, oh, they stabbed me in the back before, but that's all right. They won't do it again. And instead, I've just come to the decision that what works for me and works for David is clinging to him. So I want you to stand with me this morning. And all I want us to do this morning is simply this. I want us to check our cling. I think we all agree that God has the capacity to hold us. That's not in question this morning. That's not in question this morning. The question is this. Are you clinging to Him? Are you, have you come to the place that I've arrived at, which is this? Though none go with me. Still, I'll follow. Everybody else can turn their back. My life depends on that. My life depends on him. And if I fall, I don't point my finger in accusation at him. I go, you know what? I wasn't clinging as tight as I should have been. So I'm just asking you to do some self-evaluation this morning. How tight are you clinging to him? I'm gonna pray. And in this prayer, I want you to take just a few moments and think about what you're clinging to. Is it really God? And if it's not, let me ask you another question. If you, if you conclude, I'm not really clinging to God, can I ask you to assess this fact, this, 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 this truth right here? Is what you're clinging to capable of really holding you? Because I think if you're honest, what you'll discover is it's not. And I want you to realign your trust and realign your cling to the one that can make it happen. Would you bow your heads? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.